Get ready business owners that make under a million dollars per year. I'm getting ready to launch my brand new online dominate zero to a million dollars business hub with the goal of giving small business owners what they need to grow their business past their first million dollars. With the tips, the tools, the processes, the frameworks and the trainings to scale their business past the first million dollars without wasting years and millions of dollars like I did with all the trials, errors and mistakes that cost me. This will give those of you out there wanting to make your first million dollars the fast track to scaling your business. Stay tuned for the launch. There are a lot of business owners out there who make this mistake and I used to make it all the time when we first started. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I wanted to share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the numbers and the data that will help you to grow your business. And should you know these numbers and not get caught up in the wrong numbers, you'll probably do reasonably well. Now, this isn't going to be a boring episode where I'm going to be talking about profit and loss and all those things. I'm going to talk about some other things. So let's get into this episode. Truva Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute and Mojo Business Multiplier. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. Let's talk about metrics in the business. Now, when I say metrics, some of you already got shivers down your spine. You're already starting to freak out a little bit because there are a lot of business owners who don't like numbers. Now, I'm not going to talk today about the things like profit and loss, balance sheets, any of those sort of numbers. What I want to talk today about is knowing the right numbers to look at. So I'm not going to talk about how we look at those numbers. I'm just going to talk about the right numbers to look at. And this really comes down to the question, what am I trying to do in my business? What's the real goal? So I often have conversations with people where their business isn't growing and they're stressed out and they're frustrated and they feel like they're not getting where they want to get to. Yet at the same time, they're tracking the wrong numbers or they don't know what they're really trying to achieve or there's a massive gap somewhere. So let's go back to a conversation that I had a few weeks ago. Someone said to me, you know, I'm building my business and I'm growing my business. And I said, cool, well, what's the number one problem? And they said, well, at the moment, what I'm doing is I'm growing my subscribers because I want to be able to sell them my products and services. And I said, what's the number one problem you're really trying to solve? And they said, well, I don't have any money at the moment. Like I'm really struggling with cash flow." And I said, okay, so you're trying to get more subscribers. How are you doing that? And they said, well, I'm spending money on social media ads. I'm producing a lot of content. I've got a couple of editors and, and so on. And I said, excellent. So then what happens after that? And they said, well, the goal will be then to sell them the product. And I said, excellent, how are sales going? They said, well, really bad. And I said, well, what's the gap? Like what's going on? It ended up coming out that after a long conversation was that they didn't realize that they had a huge gap. In order to get someone to like a social media post or to get some form of engagement on your social media, and then to just try to sell them a product, there can be a bit of a big gap there. You know, a lot of the time you need to have some sort of a funnel or something like that where you might entice somebody. I think of doing sales, the whole sales process, almost like fishing. Now, if you've got a whole bunch of fish in a barrel, it makes it a lot easier. 
But let's just say we're going to go out fishing and I'm going out with my parents. They enjoy fishing. So we launch the boat, we go out to the middle of the ocean somewhere, and then I just throw a hook over. Most business owners do that. They just essentially throw a hook in the middle of nowhere and then hope that they're going to catch something. Now, yeah, they might get a couple of nibbles. They might catch something. The fish might be good. The fish might be a piece of shit and be all bony and crappy and something that you don't even want to eat. You might catch a crab. You don't know what you're going to catch, right? Now, this here is the amateur, the amateur fisher person or fisherman or whatever you want to call them. Now, the professional fisher person, they launch the boat. They know exactly the spots that they need to go to. And the first thing that they do is when they get out to the area where the fish are, because they already know the right environment where the fish already are. Then what they do is they tend to get a whole bunch of burly. So they might get a container that's got a whole bunch of little holes poked in it. And then they might put in some old fish heads and some old meat or some old chicken or, or some sort of wheat product in there. And then they throw it over the side. And what that does is all the smell and all the juices and all the oil and everything go into the water. And it naturally starts to attract the fish in towards where the boat is, which then makes fishing in that environment a lot easier. So first of all, they've gone to the environment that the fish are normally in and they know exactly what they're trying to catch. So in certain environments, certain types of fish will hang out in more rocky areas or rocky bottoms. Some will hang out in more weedy bottoms. So there'll they'll be more weed on the bottom of the ocean floor or in some other areas, it's sandy. So depending on the type of fish you want to catch depends in the environment that you want to go into. And I'm going to relate this back to business in a minute. So the fisher person knows that they go out to the right environment where the type of fish that they want to catch are. Then they put the burley in the water in order to try and attract the fish closer to the boat. Then what they will do is they will use the right hooks, the right fishing rod, the right line, and they cast it over the side. Now, because they're in the right environment and naturally attracting the fish towards the boat, then from there, they're using the right bait with the right hook. Now, all of a sudden, it's game on and they catch a lot of fish. When you're a novice, you go out to the middle of nowhere and you go, well, I know that when you fish, all you've got to do is go out to the ocean somewhere. I'm just going to get a hook. I'm just going to get some fishing line and I'm going to throw it over the side and we're going to catch some fish. Now, that person has just as much excitement about trying to catch fish as the other person. The difference is one person's catching a shitload of fish and the other person's not catching any. And even if they do catch one, they're only going to catch one. They're not going to catch a truckload. Every now and again, the amateur goes out and they throw the hook over the side of the boat and they catch a lot of fish because just for some reason, they've pulled into an area where there's a school of fish. Now, this happens in investing sometimes. When the market's going crazy and someone just goes, ah, I think that it's a good idea to just throw money into cryptocurrency, or I think it's a great idea to throw money into property, or I think that it's a great idea to throw money into share investing. Those people might do well for a small period of time, but essentially they've just walked into a school of fish and thrown the hook into that area. That doesn't mean that they're professionals. It's sometimes that can give an over, over stimulation. It's that Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Is that you don't know what you don't know. So someone, when they first start doing something, thinks that they know a lot when they only know a little. But the more that you learn, the more you realize you don't know, which then makes you feel a bit insecure. So sometimes the smartest people are actually very insecure about their own knowledge because they, they can see how many gaps they have. Someone who's not that intelligent thinks that they know everything because they've just heard a little bit. And this is why sometimes the dumbest people in society have the biggest mouths and the biggest voices because they're not prepared to look at anything else. They've done a little bit of study, a little bit of research, and they think that they're experts. That happens everywhere, right? And that's understandable. But it's an overcompensation or they're overcompensating for a lack of knowledge. 
sometimes in our society, the people that are making a lot of money in cryptocurrency or in shares or in property only do so because they've essentially gone into a market that's super hot ready. Over a period of time though, they will probably go broke and lose all their money and they have a choice. They're either going to learn how those markets operate and the cycles that they go through and they'll actually get really good if they remember the pain that they went through by being ignorant. And the same thing happens in business, right? Is that sometimes stuff's going super hot. So there are a lot of people out there who have made a lot of money in dropshipping and they've also made a lot of money in e-commerce. And they've done so not because they have had a lot of knowledge, but just because they were in the right environment at the right time when it was hot. But over time, when that those industries cool down, it's not as hot anymore, but they will still keep trying to prop it up. People now in crypto are still talking about crypto and it's going to go back up and it's going to go to, you know, Bitcoin's going to go to a million dollars a coin and blah, blah. Well, no one really knows that. That's trying to predict the future. Same as a fortune teller back a thousand years ago. They're crazy, right? They don't know anything. Because I can't tell the future, you can't tell the future, no one can. So no one knows what's going to happen. And anything can change. But if you go back to the fundamentals of something, you can do really, really well. So how does this relate back to business? Well, a lot of people when they start a business are looking at the wrong metrics. They're looking at the wrong information. They don't know what they don't know. They're using the wrong hooks. They're using the wrong bait. They've just gone out and they're going fishing in the middle of an ocean. So they start a business, they get their business name, they get a nice pretty logo, they start up their Facebook page and they get an email address. Now they might be on social media and do really, really well at generating a lot of attention. So they may be an influencer or something like that. But just because someone has a million followers does not mean that they make money. It just means that they have a million followers. Let's say they have a million followers and they've got a small product and they put that product to market. In that market, let's say they make $400 a week. If they take that $400 and spend it on buying more followers, all that they've done is they've just ended up with zero net gain or zero profit every week. In fact, they actually lose money because if they spend $400, they still have to pay tax on the $400 that they've made. So most business owners might not realize that, let's say they've got to pay 30% tax. For every $100, they've got to pay 30. So they made $400, but they've got to pay $120 in tax out of that 400. So they only really have 280 left. So they've now spent $400 on gaining more followers, but they don't realize that they're actually in debt now to the government, $120. And so this is how small businesses get wiped out because they just don't know what they don't know. Now that person may have, let's say that person now has a million followers. If they don't know how to monetize those million followers, they essentially have a very cool hobby, which has a lot of people that know them, but no way of monetizing it. Now, there are some influencers out there, or I don't like calling them influencers because I think it's a really shitty name. I think you influence people based on your intentions of how you influence. And if you're an influencer and you're just influencing people because you've got a lot of followers and you show your bum and boobs and all that stuff, I don't know that that is a good way of influencing people. I think that it's way better if you can teach them something or share things with them about your life or lifestyle that actually helps others. But maybe that's my purpose in life and maybe you know I'm projecting onto them. I'm not sure. But let's just say that that person has a million followers. At the moment, they're vanity metrics. So it's what's called a vanity metric. Those vanity metrics are essentially for the person's own insecurities or their own vein until you can monetize it. It's not a real business yet. And so there are some people out there who use that ability and they go out there. And I've got a few friends of mine. One of my good friends, Sam Fricker, who also was one of my clients, he is a professional diver. Now he has millions of followers on TikTok to a million followers on YouTube. Now for him, he monetizes that very, very well because he now is a host on some of the sports channels. He gets interviewed quite a lot. He's sponsored by Red Bull. He's always at gala nights and things like that. So he has a very big brand. So his brand is essentially himself. 
And he's done a great job with that. But he, he understands that in order to get followers into money, you need to be able to brand yourself and get out there and sell yourself well so that you open up opportunities in order to make money. So that's one thing that a lot of people don't do. The second thing is that if you do have a lot of followers and you've got those vanity metrics, yet you're not making money from them, you have to figure out how to then monetize them if you want to grow a real business. You may not, like you may enjoy working a nine to five job and just have a social media channel in order to share your lifestyle and whatever, that's great. But that's not a real business yet. Until you start making money out of that, they are just vanity metrics. Hi, Driven Mofos. You're probably aware that I've been working flat out on our social media presence to try to expand our community of Driven Mofos globally. I've been posting tons of free content to keep you inspired, driven, and working towards your goals. So if you haven't already followed and subscribed to all my social media channels, please make sure you do so as I post different content on different platforms. The links are available in the description of this podcast down below. The reason why I bring this up is I recently had someone on my social media channel. They said, why would you learn off of someone in business who has such poor impressions on their Instagram page? Well, the reason is that I'm not a social media coach. I'm a business coach and there are many facets of business. And actually, I'm not a business coach, actually. I'm a mental performance coach. But what I know is that business is 90 to 95% psychology, human behavior, and people. When I look at a business, it's so simple to understand. You have an owner. If an owner has a shitty mindset, their business is shit. Now, it's shit because a reactive owner causes reactive staff. Reactive staff then make a lot of mistakes. So the owner is driving the behavior and the culture in the business. So if you don't get the owner's head right, the business is shit. And I meet these owners every fucking day where I meet them and I'm like, how's business going? Oh, yeah. And then I go, well, cool. How many staff do you have? And it's like, I've got 15 staff. Okay, excellent. How are they going? Oh, fucking hell. Like they fuck shit up all the time. They're always making mistakes. They can never do anything right. They're fucking useless. I don't even know why I have half of them. And I sit there and I go, ah, I know what's going on here. There's poor management and there's poor leadership. Two things that are really important to a business. If you do not have good management and good leadership, it all comes down from the top. Okay, you've probably heard that old adage that a fish rots from the head uh, down towards the tail. Now, a business rots from the head down towards the tail. So if the owner isn't clear, if they're not concise, if they're not effective, if they're not driving the values of the organization, then you're going to have a business that's chaotic. The staff are going to reflect the owner. If the owner's calm, the staff will be calm. If the owner is productive and effective, the staff will be productive and effective. What happens though, is that the owner goes, oh, I'm productive, I get heaps of shit done. And I'm like, okay, you might be productive in work, but are you productive in leadership? Are you productive in management? Do you know how to manage your staff? Do you get sent reports every week? Do you know how to reprimand somebody effectively? Or do you just run around the office and tell everyone that you're pissed off because they're not getting the results that you want? Are you running around changing your mind every two days? Do you micromanage people by looking over their shoulder? Do you go and hang out with them like every fucking half an hour and you go, oh, how's it? How are you going with this? That's all shit management. That's poor management. Okay, now you're not going to have good staff because of that. So you may be productive in running around like an idiot and thinking that you're busy, but being busy does not mean that you're a good leader. The business needs a good leader and it also needs good management. Now, sometimes if it's a small business, the manager and the leader are the same person. It's normally the owner. So if you're not developing your management skills and your leadership skills and your mindset is getting in the way of that, then you're going to have a chaotic business. So leadership and management is a mindset game. It's like a 90%, if not 95% mindset and about 5 to 10% strategy. If you know what you're doing, you will figure out how to manage people effectively and you'll figure out how to lead people effectively. You can do it. It's going to take extra time. But if you're smart enough, you'll go and learn off somebody else and they will be able to teach you how to manage and lead, lead people properly. 
It took me years to figure this shit out because I couldn't find anyone to help me to properly lead and manage people. Someone who could educate me. There are a lot of leaders and managers and stuff like that out there who are really, really good. But when you ask them questions, they don't know how to teach effectively. So they just give you very blunt, blank answers. And it's very, very hard to get and extract that knowledge out of them. So that's why I like my skill set is leading and teaching. I love going out and finding out and extracting that information and then trying to figure out how to turn it into something that's usable. So just because someone is teaching doesn't mean that they're a good teacher. It's a skill set that you've got to develop. In fact, I was watching a person who had built a couple hundred million dollar business trying to teach and he was boring as batshit. And it's because he's not really a teacher. He's, he's a business owner. So coming back to it, leadership, management, mindset, marketing. If you're marketing to people, it's a mindset game. You're, you're talking to people. These are people who have their own mindset, who have their problems, pains, stresses, frustrations, and you need to get through to them. The way you do that is you communicate effectively and get into their own head. If you can get into the customer's own head and you can help them solve problems, you can help them get what they want, then you've got a lot of good customers. So that's marketing. Sales essentially is doing the same thing. It's using persuasion tools in order to help someone make a decision. Now, if you're a good salesperson, all you're trying to do is try to figure out what does somebody want? What are the goals and the obstacles stopping them from getting that? And then how do I help them with that? And it may be through more information or selling the product or the service. Shitty salespeople try and sell shit to people that they don't want. That's what gives sales a bad name. I don't like salespeople who try to sell shit to people that they don't want. You should be helping people. That's all sales is. But it's helping them make a decision. It's not helping them to sell a product. Like for me personally, if I get on the phone, I don't give a shit whether someone says, yes, I want to work with you or no, I don't want to work with you. What I don't want is I don't want someone to be indecisive and sit there and go, oh, I'm not too sure. Because I know that the only reason why they're unsure is because they don't have enough information to make a good decision. But that's just sales, right? So sales is a mindset game. So you now have pretty much most areas of business, whether it's leadership, marketing, sales, management, all of those areas are human behavior based. They're people based, they're mindset based. Then you've got money. Money is the transfer of value. So if you can't provide value, give customers value and help them to understand the value, then you're going to have a poor area of finance. So it is very important to understand that 90 to 95% of your business success is going to be based on the mindset of yourself as a leader and the owner, and then the mindset of the staff that you have working for you. Also, your ability to communicate effectively with the customer and get in their mindset. If you can do that and you can bridge that gap, you'll make a lot of money and you'll do great things, especially if you add value or a product and service that people want. That's all that it really is. But I had this person on social media, you know, saying, why would I learn from someone or, you know, they put the like laughing face and they're like, ha ha ha. Why would I learn off a business, supposed business coach who has poor engagement on their Instagram account? And to me, it just really showed how ignorant a lot of people can be around business because impressions on social media is just vanity metrics. I'm, I know lots of people who don't even use their social. In fact, one of my good friends who he would be close to a billionaire. He has a, a decent car collection and so on. But he very rarely uses social media. I think on his social media account, he doesn't even have a profile picture. But he sends me shit all the time in order to watch and we have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke because he doesn't really want to be known. So having a lot of followers or all that sort of stuff doesn't really matter to him. His business, though, has a fair few followers, but not as many as some of the influencers, that's for sure. Yet he probably makes hundreds of millions of dollars and the turnover in business is probably hundreds of millions of dollars every year, if not close to a billion. But he doesn't give a shit because that's not the metric that he's measuring. And so he's a very good business person because he has he makes a lot of money. Also, he serves a lot of people. He has a big team of people. Those team run effectively. 
he can go away for a month or two months and the business still operates really, really well. That shows you how good he is as a leader, as a manager, and how effective his team are. So don't get caught in your business in looking at the wrong numbers and having vanity metrics run your business because it, that's silly. The other thing that you've got to be careful of is that if you are measuring numbers, you've got to know how the numbers go through the whole pipeline. So for instance, if you've got a lot of followers, you then have to hook them. So you might put them into a pipeline and that pipeline might be to sell a product or a service. Now, let's just say you've got a million followers and you launch this new product. And let's say now you make, you put them into a landing page and that landing page, they give you their name, their email, and eventually you sell them into that product. Well, let's just say you sell 0.002%. It's not a lot compared to the million followers that you do have. So then the question becomes, how do we tighten up that pipeline now in order to drive more people into that product or service? And is that what they really want? Do we need to improve the product or the service? What I find a lot of the time is when I talk to people, they'll say things like, well, you know, I've got a big email list and I've got a big social media following. And I go, okay, excellent. So now what? And they go, well, I want to sell a product and I want to sell a program and I've got something online. And I go, well, how, how are people buying it? And they go, well, they're not really. So that tells you that there is a disconnect between the numbers and the data of what they're really trying to sell. Now, why aren't people buying it? Let's go back through the pipeline. Let's start at the start. Are you getting enough attention on your social media in order for people to then want to get into that pipeline? So you need to have attention, first of all, in order to get people to want to buy the product. Like if I'm launching a new book, I don't want to just go, hey, I've got a new book. You can buy it if you want it. Because I'm going to get like 10 people buy it. If I can hype it up for a month, I'm probably going to get 1,000 people buy it. Now, if I run ads into the hype and then give something away as a pre-sale before the book's launched, I might get, let's say, 100,000. So the way you operate at different stages is really important as to how well your business operates. You've got to make sure you're covering all the gaps and you know exactly the numbers at each stage. Sometimes you might have a lot of people who are specifically buying a small end product, but they might not be buying a higher end product. Now, does that mean that you spend more money on marketing the lower end product to get it out to more people in order to make the money? Or do you then have to change the higher end product, the high ticket product that you're selling in order to then make more money? It all depends. You've got to know what levers to pull, test different things, try different things. That's why it becomes a numbers game. And you've got to know the numbers the whole way through the pipeline in order to get to the bank account. If you know that, then you win. Another really good example of this is a lot of businesses or a lot of business owners will say, well, I do $10 million turnover per year. There was a recent business that went broke. They were doing $400 million a year in turnover. Their profit was $1.2 million out of 400 million, $1.2 million. Now they had, they had a couple of hundred staff, I believe. Now, if you've got a couple hundred staff, let's just say that the average staff member is on, let's say $1,000 a week. And let's say you've got 200 staff. If every staff member is on $100, sorry, $1,000 per week, and you've got 100 staff, you need $100,000 in order to keep that business running for one week. Now, if you've got 1,000 staff, you need a million dollars per week. So let's say that this company's profit is $1.2 million. They only have a week and a little bit's worth of cash flow, maybe a week and half a day if something happens in the business. So let's say COVID comes along, the business has to shut down for a week and staff can't work. That business essentially goes broke in a week unless they can borrow money or get money from somewhere else because they don't have available cash flow. But my point is that just because a business does a lot of turnover does not mean, and a lot of revenue, does not mean that the business is operating well. You know, that business really, it, let's just say that they use that $1.2 million profit and they turn it into cash and they put it in a cash account. 
And so they've got $1.2 million in cash. Now, most people would say, wow, that's a lot of money. But when you look at it from a point of how much the run costs are per week, if you're looking at staffing being a million dollars per week, and then you've also got overheads, electricity bills, they're running the air conditioner, you've got to pay rent or you've got a mortgage or whatever that you're paying for a commercial property, they might actually be losing money. They might not have the ability to keep the doors open if something happens and all staff need a week off or the business needs to shut down for a week. So they're in deep shit. A lot of larger organizations try to keep at least about six to 12 months worth of available cash flow. You can go and have a look at what Apple have, what Berkshire Hathaway have, but they sit on a lot of cash and they sit on a lot of cash and it looks like a ridiculous number. But it might only be three months worth of run costs or it might be six months worth of run costs. That means that if the economy tanks or let's say we go into a depression or a large recession and their sales numbers drop for a long period of time, they can then keep afloat for a period of time. And that's why it's there. It's a bit of a safety net. My point is that you need to know the exact numbers. You need to know the data. You need to know what you're looking at. You need to know the parts of your pipeline or the sales process or the customer acquisition process that you need to know those numbers. Because if you don't know that, then you might be in deep shit. And a lot of people don't understand that they have massive, massive gaps in their business processes which don't really make sense if you look at them, okay? And I get a lot of people who say to me, hey, you should focus on this area of your business. And I go, yeah, but you don't know the numbers. If you knew the numbers, you wouldn't focus on that area. It looks like that from the outside, but from the inside, that's not what we're focused on because that doesn't make us money. And now the difference between a real business versus a hobby is a real business makes money. A lot of people don't like to admit to themselves that a business really just eats cash and it shits out problems. So all day long as a business owner, your job is to try to figure out how to get cash and then how to solve problems. And should you do that, you'll do a great job in your business, providing you know what you're doing. That's one thing. Now, if the business is eating cash, the moment you run out of cash, you don't have a business anymore. So really, business is about money at its core. But then you've got to add on all the people elements. So in order to sell a good product and a service, build a good community, have a great bunch of staff, you add all the people stuff over the top. So you now have a message, you now have a mission, you now have values of the organization. All of that stuff is super, super important, but not as important as money. Because the moment that the business runs out of cash, everyone loses their job, the mission of the company doesn't matter anymore, the values of the company don't mean shit, and everything gets its doors shut or that everything shuts down. So money is the number one most important thing in all businesses. The faster that people can realize that, the faster they run a good business. The less people realize that and the more that they think that it's all about the people and it's all about the mission and I've got a good message and I've got a good product and they focus on that and not actually making money, the faster they run out of cash. And normally a lot of people struggle like that. So I just wanted to run through this because I think there are a lot of people who get this confused and I hope there's a lot of you out there who are small businesses that this is making a lot of sense to and maybe you might need a little bit of a mindset shift in order to realize that money is super important in a business. And if your customers value your products and your services, they'll pay for them. And if you have a premium product and a premium service, then they'll pay a premium. If you have a cheap product and a cheap service, even though you think it's a premium, then you might run out of cash. So it's important to know how your customers value your products and service depends on how much money you'll make as well and how well your sales team are at selling that thing and marketing it. I hope that helps River Mofos. Have a great day, keep kicking ass, and I look forward to joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Keep crushing it, keep pushing hard, 
And remember, take care of your mindset because it's the only thing that matters in your life and it's the most important thing in business as well apart from cash flow. But if you've got a shitty mindset, you're probably gonna have a shitty bank account anyway. If you've got a shitty mindset, you're probably gonna have a shitty business. So make sure you focus on it. Have a great day, Driven Mofos. I'll see you next time.